0: Congratulations. Thank you. What a lovely pin.
1: Thank you, it's from my district.
0: They must be very proud of you. Hello movie lovers, you're listening to the Does It Hold Up podcast, the podcast where we talk about some of your favorite movies of all time to see if they still hold up. I'm Adam.
1: And I'm Emily. And this week we're going over 2012's Hunger Games.
0: March 8th, 2012 is when this movie came out. Doesn't it feel like it's longer ago? Oh yeah. Like I feel like this movie came out in 2002, (laughs) not 2012 i don't know it's just always like jennifer lawrence is such a big star now that it's crazy to think this movie was 10 years ago only it's only a decade old yeah but she's like won oscars since she's in like these massive movies since oh my god it's incredible and then i forget that the early 2010s was the ya dystopia era
1: oh yeah that was that was a good time for me
0: can't even say dystopia era it was just the ya era because you had twilight divergent maze runner Mm -hmm. hunger games probably a ton of other ones that weren't as high profile that was just
1: what everyone was ready for and they ate it up
0: too bad they didn't continue to eat it up by the time half of these freaking trilogies or franchises ended because every single one of these their fourth fifth sixth eighth whatever movie just kind of dropped
1: Well, it doesn't help that movies like this and this franchise decided to split up their final book into two movies when it really didn't need to. It started that terrible, terrible trend, and unfortunately, it doesn't work.
0: Oh, my God. Let's talk about it. So Twilight does it. Mm -hmm. They have four books. They turn it into five movies. They split the last one, which is like the dumbest idea because the Twilight Breaking Dawn part one is literally just talk. Oh, yeah. It's just like traveling the world and talking. Nothing happens. You have a baby. Good job. Why did you have to split that into two? Mm -hmm. This movie splits it into two for reasons that will never be explained to me or that I will ever understand. Maze Runner luckily doesn't do it because by the time they're finishing their franchise.
1: No one cares. Nobody (laughs) cares.
0: And they're like, "Just, just do it. And Divergent planned on doing it, but they didn't even get to finish because everybody hated them so much.
1: Yeah, they did it. The worst way they decided to split it up and then got canceled, basically. I'm still angry about it. I am very mad.
0: Let's talk about Jennifer Lawrence, because this was like her big breakout role. She had done some indie stuff in the meantime, but nothing really to this level. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, she's Katniss Everdeen, and she is a megastar. Do we care?
1: Uh, I liked her at first i don't know if i'm still a big fan of hers
0: good bad indifferent
1: i liked her first i don't know if i'm still as big of a fan maybe because she just hasn't kept up with the movies that i'm interested in i don't know
0: so it's hard i think she's an all right actress i don't think she's great by any means like, she was just in that movie, this is 2023, she was in a, a No Hard Feelings. Commie. Yeah, no hard feelings. She's just bad in that. Yeah. She's not, like, Passengers with Chris Pratt. She's bad in that.
1: I thought she was okay in that one.
0: Well, it's just a bad movie, so maybe that was a bad example. I'm just gonna keep saying the word bad, because that's what describes everything she's ever done, in my opinion. The only thing I think I liked her in was when she was Mystique in X-Men First Class. But only that movie, because the subsequent three movies, you could tell she didn't care anymore. She didn't want to play that character. And so she was bad. But like, American Hustle, she's not good. Silver Line's playbook, she's pretty good. That's what she wins the Oscar for. Mm -hmm. She's good in that. But that's because she's playing a mentally unstable person. And I'm pretty (laughs) sure in real life, she's a mentally
1: unstable person. That could definitely be.
0: And the reason I say that is, this chick is so delusional that... A couple years ago, I don't remember exactly what year, but she was sitting down for an interview, for a conversation. It was her and Viola Davis, who we're massive fans of. Yeah, we love Viola Davis. She can say whatever she wants and get away with it, because she's amazing. But Jennifer Lawrence sat down and had this to say about her role as Katniss Everdeen in The Hunger Games. Quote, I remember when I was doing Hunger Games. Nobody had ever put a woman in the lead of an action movie because it wouldn't work. Because we were told girls and boys can both identify with a male lead, but boys cannot identify with a female lead. Has she never seen Alien? No. Or Aliens, where Ripley is an action star? Had she never heard of Angelina Jolie, who had done like five action movies before this movie ever came out?
1: One we've actually covered, Tomb Raider.
0: Yeah. Like... What was this chick on to have said that? She was the first lead of an action movie as a woman.
1: Also, this isn't super action-y.
0: Well, I mean, the franchise went on to be action-y, I
1: guess.
0: (laughs) It just, she's delusional. And it's things like this. And normally I don't let personal life affect how I, I view somebody as an artist, unless it's like really bad. But she seems like a real bitch. In real life.
1: Yeah, this is why I say I'm not as big of a fan of hers as I used to be, is when she first came on the scene, she seemed really down to earth, really, like, normal. And it just kind of went downhill from there.
0: In fact, she wasn't even sure she wanted to take this movie because she didn't know how it would affect her career. It, it, It affected it well. Yeah. You went on to be a huge star. Let's just keep going through this cast because I forget how massive of a cast this is Mm -hmm. with some of the greatest hollywood talent to ever be on camera and it's the fucking hunger games that these people come together in Mm -hmm. okay so we got jennifer lawrence Peta, who is the male lead of this movie is played by josh hutcherson who is still acting he just had five nights at freddy's come out where he was the star not a great movie is he good i thought he was pretty good in this role yeah i think like maybe this is the He seems like he was made for this movie. He comes across really well. Like he owns this part where I was sitting here thinking, how do I, we're going to get to this in a little bit, but I did a little bit of a recasting. Like who would I pick for these roles? And I picked people who would have been able to do it in this time when the movie was being made. I couldn't really pick another PETA. Everybody. Go ahead.
1: He is what I would envision for PETA. Um, I have read the books so, oh, yeah. even if you guys with those descriptions, yeah, uh, I would have picked him.
0: Yeah, if you guys didn't know, this is this is based on a book series called The Hunger Games. I've never read it. Emily has. Mm-hmm. So, she's going to fill us in sometimes on when and if the movie matches. I've never read the books, but like I do have a couple other names that could have been Peta that we'll get to. They all seem too either like pretty or too muscular or too... They just don't seem to fit what the character is. Mm-hmm. He's perfect in this. Yeah. He's perfect. Uh, next, we have Liam Hemsworth as Gale, who goes on to be a big part of the next three movies, is so insignificant in this movie, I'm surprised they even bothered to put him in the credits. <laughs> he means nothing to this movie overall.
1: Yeah, he's in the beginning of it, and then you see him a bit towards the end where he's just, you know, going, hur-rumf, hur-rumf. I don't like what's happening.
0: Yeah. Uh, Wes Bentley plays Seneca Crane. He's yeah. the guy, he's like the Game Master, mm-hmm. who apparently doesn't exist in the books, from what I understand.
1: Uh, the Game he's Master- like mentioned. Does. We don't get any time with them.
0: Yeah, he's like mentioned by President Snow as a person who existed, but by the time we even hear his name in the book, he's already been killed. Yes. So, interesting that they created this character for the movie and like gave him stuff to do. I think it worked out pretty well. I, I w- really enjoy him.
1: I was actually going to ask you- if you thought the behind-the-scenes was really necessary, that's not something that was in the book at all.
0: Oh, I think it's great. Okay. I, listen, the Hunger Games section is boring as hell to me. It let's watch Kat and his sit in a tree for seven hours. I don't care. Seven days, even. I <laughs> like the behind-the-scenes thing, but I'm also I'm a fan of the behind-the-scenes of everything. I like knowing how things work and how things are put together. So, like getting that insight, I thought was really cool. Yeah. You? No.
1: I was interested that they put it in there. I didn't like it at first, but having watched it again a few times, I get to see little aspects of it that adds to the story. Something that you wouldn't have known beforehand because obviously they changed the rules towards the end to try and get the two winners. Yeah. And you don't know why that's happening or what's happening with that. And I liked seeing the behind the scenes with it.
0: Elizabeth Banks- Plays Effie Trinket. Mm -hmm. Listen, Elizabeth Banks can do no wrong in my eyes. I think she's great every time she shows up in something. She always fits the role. Like in the new Power Rangers movie from 2017, Mm -hmm. she was Rita Repulsor. And like she,
1: she ate that scenery. Dude, if you need someone to go over the top, that is the person to get.
0: And Effie is just over the top. Oh, yeah. And it's amazing. Love her. Very book accurate. Uh, three more people I want to talk about. Four more. Let's say four more. And then there's a ton of other people who can't talk about everybody. Uh, the next one, though, I want to talk about Hamich, played by Woody Harrelson.
1: I never thought I'd want Woody Harrelson in that role until I got him.
0: And then it's like, can you see anybody else in this role? No. God, he's so freaking perfect. Yeah. It's so sad that, like, the main people, the main person, is probably the worst cast person in this movie. Everybody else crushes their role except for Jennifer Lawrence. Next up is Lenny Kravitz as Cinna.
1: Once again, I didn't know I needed him as Cinna until I got it. He is very book accurate and he's almost perfect for that role.
0: Yeah, but do we need Cinna? What does he add to this? Nothing. Uh, no, don't. Yeah. You can't, you can't. You can't defend this. He adds nothing to this story, to this movie.
1: Yeah, in the movies he's very superfluous. I'm pretty
0: sure the reason that he even exists is because it's Lenny Kravitz. And they were like, well, we have Lenny. Might as well put him as much of the movie as we possibly can.
1: (laughs) Well, he is not that much of the book as well.
0: All right. So the last two I want to talk about. First, we're going to talk about one of my favorite actors of all time. I'm part of the Tucci gang. And it's Stanley Tucci Mm -hmm. as Caesar Flickerman, who's like the talk show host, announcer guy. I don't know what the hell his role is. I don't care.
1: Now, he is the absolute perfect casting for this role. And this role in the book is so minuscule. They expanded it. And I wonder if it's just because you got Stanley Tucci as this guy and he was perfect.
0: They were like, we have Stanley Tucci. Let that man cook. We probably they probably didn't even give him a script. They were like, just be Stanley Tucci. Be amazing. Say some stuff. People will eat it up.
1: We kind of need to explain this Tracker Jacker thing. You know who we can get? Stanley Tucci.
0: Yeah, oh, he's so good in this movie. Every time he shows up, I'm like, yes, mm-hmm. I'm all in. And then he goes away and I'm like, I'm 50% in. <laughs> it's bad. The last person to talk about is somebody who has very little screen time, but gets expanded in the future movies, is President Snow, played by Donald Sutherland, who is one of the greatest actors I have ever seen in my entire life
1: once again very book accurate with this character and he was able to bring such malice to a character that wasn't written very well especially in like he's not really in the first book as much so they gave him more to work with and i appreciate it i
0: mean he gets like 10 minutes of screen time in a two and a half hour movie and it might be the 10 best 10 minutes of the movie this dude is so transcendent when he's on screen you cannot take your eyes off of him and at the same time you're like i'm supposed to hate president snow but he just has this swagger to him that draws you to him
1: he does exactly what that character needs to do you can tell how he came to power because of like this charisma he has about him he's always in control and yet you do understand that he is ultimately the villain he is the one we should be afraid of the one basically everyone is afraid of in this world.
0: It's because he's so charismatic. Like he talks and you listen. What's amazing though is Sutherland wasn't a choice for this role. He actually petitioned the director for the role. He wrote him a letter saying, "I, I, I took a look at the script. It wasn't even sent to him. His agent got a copy of it and kind of like Sutherland saw it and was like, can I see that? And then read it and sent a letter to the director and was like, I am President Snow and detailed everything he could think of for that character and broke down the character so well that the director was like, holy sh! I can't not hire you now.
1: Okay, that makes a lot of sense because of how I felt like he had such a deep understanding of this character. And that makes sense.
0: They added added things to this movie based on what Sutherland wrote in that letter that don't have anything to do with the book. Mm -hmm. They were just like, he has such a knowledge of this character everything he says makes sense let's use it he became president snow let's do some casting what ifs because we just talked about them all so here's the people that were up for the role of katniss everdeen before jennifer lawrence completely landed it emma roberts Mm. you know her from like nerve yeah yeah i don't like that one no no Haley steinfeld from hawkeye and bumblebee
1: she might have been too young at the time
0: maybe They're about the same age.
1: I don't think she's a great actress now, so.
0: Yeah, I think she's like on par. Yeah. I think it wouldn't have changed much. Emily Browning. Ooh. Sucker Punch and Lemony Snicket's. Yeah. I think she could have done it.
1: She probably could have done it.
0: She would have brought a really weird essence to the character, but I think it would have played really well.
1: Well, she might have been able to get more of that underneath action that we kind of didn't get from Jennifer Lawrence. What's going on inside her head.
0: Shailene Woodley was up for this role. When she didn't get it, she went and moved on to Divergent, but she almost was this. She could have been better. I think she would have been better mostly for visuals because she's not anything impressive. Shailene Woodley is very just, like you could see her walking down the street and not even notice her. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's what Katniss needs to be. Jennifer Lawrence might be a little too striking sometimes. Could be. I think Shailene Woodley visually would have made it work. And then the last one I found was Isabella Furman. I know that name is like no idea who that is, yeah. but you do know her. Mm. She's in this movie. Who is she? Clove. Ooh. She plays Clove in this movie. The thing is, she when she auditioned when they were casting, she was given this role of Clove because she was really good, but the directors didn't hire her for Katniss because they said she was too young. She was only 14 at the time.
1: Wow. Okay. She didn't look 14.
0: She doesn't look 14, but isn't that the thing? Isn't the character in the book like fifteen?
1: Sixteen, yeah.
0: Okay, so what the f- you mean?
1: I mean like you could have hired her, especially because, you know, she's supposed to be underfed and like yeah. young and I think
0: she would have crushed it.
1: She could have crushed it. She, she she was a she was striking in the few minutes we get with her.
0: She has two
1: scenes in which
0: she has like a line of dialogue only. And mm-hmm. you're like, I mean Yeah. I mean, yeah, she would have been great, I think. PETA I got a couple for Peta, and this is why I said Josh Hutcherson's probably the number one choice here because these other people don't work. Aaron Taylor Johnson from Kick Ass, Bullet Train, he's going to be Craven the Hunter. He's too pretty to be Peta. He's more Gale. I mean, he
1: wasn't until I mean later. I mean, he, look at him in Kick Ass, and
0: Kick Ass is like they made him nerdy, so like they they brought it down, but you can still see the underpinnings. He seems more like a Gale than a Peta.
1: Okay, I don't know if he would have had the size at the time to be Gale, but
0: clearly he can put it on though. Yeah. So, uh, Lucas Till. I know you don't know the name, but he was in X Men First Class. He played Havoc. Yeah, that's Lucas Till. Uh,
1: maybe?
0: maybe he seems almost more like Cato.
1: Yeah, I can see he's him got that as swagger
0: Cato. to him for Cato. Uh, Alexander Ludwig, no, no, nothing. He was in this movie.
1: I was gonna say it's very familiar. Is that who plays Cato?
0: That's who plays Cato. Yep. He went out for PETA. They loved him so much, they made him Kato. He's more of a Kato. Oh, yeah, he's so good as Kato. Hilarious, though, that him and Isabella both go for the leads and end up playing the secondary villains.
1: Both from District 2.
0: And then the last one was Evan Peters, who plays Quicksilver in X-Men Days of Future Past.
1: I might have been able to see it, but I don't think he's sweet enough.
0: No, I don't think so either. This is why I said Josh... Like. Going through the Katniss stuff, I'm like, some of these could work. Emily Browning could work, Shailene Woodley, Isabella Furman. Here, I'm like, none of those dudes work. Yeah. It's Josh Hutcherson or nothing. <laughs> All right, so it got me thinking, what if I recasted Katniss? All right? Mm-hmm. So here's a couple names I want to throw at you. Jennifer Lawrence was 22 when this movie came out. She filmed it when she was twenty, twenty one. came out when she was 22. Okay. Here's people around that age that I think could have done it. Brie Larson, Captain Marvel. Yeah. She totally could have done it.
1: I don't see her being able to do the depth.
0: She's a better actress, though. All right. If you say so. I mean, I think she is. But all right, here's a, here's an odd choice for you. Jane Levy. She was 23 at the time. You'll know her as Zoe from Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. Ooh. Seen her in a lot of other things. She's got a really good look to her.
1: She does have a good look to her. I just don't know about if she could play the more hard character of Katniss.
0: That's fair. That was where I kind of struggled a little bit, but I I like her. Mm -hmm. My favorite pick of mine, though, is this last one. She was 24 at the time, so two years older than Lawrence, but looks young. Alicia Vikander, who played Lara Croft in the new Tomb Raider movie.
1: Okay, yeah.
0: That's my Katniss, I think. She's a great actress who's done a lot of different kind of work and is always good. She's very physical, as we saw with Tomb Raider. But she also was like rail thin in Tomb Raider, but still looked like she could whoop everybody's ass. Mm-hmm. So she has the physicality down. She's a great actress. She's already got the darker feature looks. Yeah, I think that's my Katniss.
1: I would have liked her as Katniss.
0: So this movie had a budget of eighty million dollars. Mm-hmm. Domestically, it took in four hundred eight million. I don't doubt. <sighs> Crazy. It had a worldwide total of six hundred seventy eight million. Wow. 2012 it was the third highest grossing movie of the year it lost to the avengers in number one and the dark knight rises Mm. in second adjusted for inflation it would have made 540 million it would have landed in third place this year (laughs) behind barbie and super mario brothers insane yeah insane quick fun fact about the box office stuff this was the first film ever not released by one of the big six studios. And the big six are Fox, Disney, Paramount, WB, Columbia Pictures, and Universal. This was the first film not released by one of those to gross over $400 million domestically.
1: That is interesting.
0: Did pretty well for itself. Yeah. Critics like it.
1: Oh, yeah. Critics really like it. Uh, the cinema score for this movie was an A. It, it's what you expected. It's a book. It's a book. It came out, it was pretty much like the book. You were going to get an A. Roger gave it three stars. And what he had to say about it was, The Hunger Games is an effective entertainment. But I found the movie too long and deliberate as it negotiated the outskirts of its moral issues.
0: I agree with that wholeheartedly. I think this movie at two hours and 22 minutes is long.
1: Yeah, and it wanted to say a lot about the social a- aspects but you have to like dig to actually find them
0: right like they mention it in like one word in a random sentence here and there and if you can piece that all together you can kind of make out a message but they don't actually take the time to ever explore that message
1: critics today the rotten tomato critics score have it at an 84 percent audience has an 81 percent we know those aren't the actual scores. The actual scores for them are critics at a 7.3 out of 10, audience an 8 out of 10.
0: Uh, okay.
1: Pretty decent uh, for a movie that came out that yeah, you know, 10 held, years it's ago. it's held pretty well. And it's in that YA grouping that a lot of people really didn't like just to be hipsters.
0: Yeah, pretty much. All right, so the director for this movie was Gary Ross. This was the only one of the movies he directed. The rest of the three movies, the other three movies, were directed by the same guy, Lawrence something. And uh, who was originally that director who went on to direct the next three was going to direct this one. Couldn't direct this one, so they hired Gary Ross.
1: I'm really sad that the director of the following movies in this franchise didn't get to do the first one because I like his visual style a lot better.
0: Well, yeah, definitely. Gary Ross also helped write the screenplay for this one. Apparently, he writes the screenplay on almost every single movie he's ever directed. One of the movies that he wrote the screenplay for that he didn't direct was Big. Oh. Could be why the screenplay is not great. Yeah. Because as much as I like these movies, the screenplay is never the best part, and Big screenplay was crap.
1: Yeah. There was a lot of issues with that movie.
0: Okay. The other writers on this were Billy Ray, who is an Oscar-nominated writer for the movie Captain Phillips. He also wrote movies like Richard Jewell, Gemini Man, Overlord. I know you liked that one. The zombie uh, Nazi movie. And Flight Plan. Solid movies. The third writer on this movie was also the author of the books, Suzanne Collins. Uh, This was the only movie she wrote the screenplay for, though.
1: That is surprising. Well, probably why this one stayed more true to the uh, source material than the follow-ups.
0: Last thing before we get into the actual movie. Uh, here's some fun facts that I found while researching this movie. So Jennifer Lawrence was friends with Lenny Kravitz's kid. Zoe Kravitz. S- Zoe Kravitz because they worked together on X-Men First Class mm-hmm. before this movie came out. So she knew Lenny before this movie and she refused to call him Lenny on set because she knew him on an outside thing. So she called him Mr. Kravitz. <laughs> the whole time is like a respect thing knowing it's Zoe's dad. Yeah. And by the end of filming, the rest of the cast and crew all just referred to him as Mr. Kravitz, (laughs) even though he didn't want them to. He wasn't like mad about it. He was like, you guys can call me Lenny. And they were like, no, 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 Mr. Kravitz. (laughs) And I think that's hilarious. Over 50 hairstylists worked on this movie.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Okay, I've worked on big budget movies before. The most we've ever had is like six.
1: That's probably because of the Capitol. Everyone in the Capitol has crazy hair.
0: Yeah, I think it's like 59 total hairstylists are credited in the end credits. Wow. That's so many. But yeah, every time they go to the Capitol, each one of the extras, everybody, they all have crazy hair.
1: hmm
0: Let's go into the movie. Yeah. So we open with reading. Yeah. Only one movie franchise can get away with opening reading,
1: and Star that's War- Star Wars. Star Wars, yep.
0: Stop doing it. <laughs> I'm here to watch a movie. I'm not here to read. If I wanted to read, guess what I would have done? Read the books.
1: Not only that, it doesn't do a good enough job explaining the world and what's happening in it because they explain it all again in like 10 minutes anyway.
0: My first nit of the movie. We have to read this whole opening and then 10 minutes later, President Snow, they're watching a a documentary about the Hunger Games or whatever it is, promotional material, propaganda. And he's narrating it with pretty much the same information we just read. Mm -hmm.
1: And so it was decreed. That each year the various districts of PM would offer up in tribute one young man and woman to fight to the death in a pageant of honor, courage, and sacrifice.
0: Why do we need it twice in ten minutes? Are we dumb?
1: Yeah, it was just weird because you then cut to Seneca Crane being interviewed about his style. Yeah, who cares? Yeah.
0: My my vote, the movie should have started with the reaping. Yeah. Just go right to the reaping. We don't need anything that comes before it.
1: The only thing that comes before it that even matters slightly is the fact that showing that um, Jennifer Lawrence can hunt, but what's the point? Can she? Yeah.
0: Gail says words to her and she completely misses her deer.
1: Although I will say with this opening, I do enjoy the music and it starts right now.
0: James Newton Howard is the composer of this movie. This score is a freaking banger, man.
1: It is phenomenal. At every given moment, you know exactly how to feel, and that's based on the music. But the music isn't always, like, overwhelming. I notice it because I just really, really like it, but you don't have to notice it.
0: No, it it meshes so well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Hans Zimmer was the original composer, had to drop out of the project. They went and got James Newton Howard, and do crushes it. You can actually hear a little bit of the... Zimmer influence Mm -hmm. in this score which I think is funny. It's kind of like a little homage to the guy who had the job and then lost the job. Yeah. But it's great. James Newton Howard fantastic composer. We don't talk about music enough on this pod but we should. Mm -hmm. This score beautiful. I do have a question here though. Sure. So when Katniss is, is putting her little sister Prim to bed Prim whispers something to her and Katniss like shrugs and smiles and says okay. What does she whisper? And don't tell me it's the song.
1: It, she's asking her to sing that song. Yeah.
0: Why? Why does it have to be a whisper?
1: No idea. Why is this a
0: secret? I, I I I don't believe that. She definitely whispered something else.
1: That that is what she whispered. Um, is that from the book? It is in the book.
0: Okay, whatever. <laughs> book.
1: But you know that's what she does right after. I I just I don't get this part because it's supposed to show you the connection that they they have to each other and they have kind a of set up why katniss volunteers for her in a bit but pause
0: pause they have a connection
1: you can see how katniss
0: she sang her a song i sang i sang the the, the tree outside my house a song one time yeah but we that's don't have a you. connection
1: you sing to random things all the time that's still regardless it's i think that's what they were trying to do is show the connection between those two sisters and kind of see the soft spot that this hard character has for her sister, That's I fair. it doesn't fully come across.
0: One of the things that I don't like about their relationship at all. Mm. Little Duck is the worst nickname ever.
1: But you better tuck in that tail, Little Duck. It is there only for the the shirt. What shirt? The fact that her shirt, the back of her shirt, keeps popping out.
0: Oh, do yeah. we need that? Is that like important? Who cares? No, we'll waste. You two hours and 22 minutes of movie, and you waste time on this garbage.
1: So, what I realized really hard watching this movie this time is this movie is very much fan service. It was made for people who read the book.
0: It's a yeah. terrible nickname. Yeah, it's terrible. Sister should be happy she volunteered <laughs> so she can stop being called that awful nickname. <laughs> awful. Does this movie do a good job of setting up district life?
1: No. Not at all. I don't understand. We never
0: see any of the other districts, Mm -hmm. 1 through 11. Well, we see 11 towards the end of the movie. Yes. For like five minutes. Not even. It's like a minute. I have no idea what's happening. I don't understand what District 12 is in this movie. I don't understand what the other districts are. I don't care. Uh, They're poor. Are all the districts poor? No. We get like one line of dialogue later to maybe explain that. Do they do a good job?
1: Absolutely not. They spend so little time there and they don't have, you know, Katniss's inner monologue going to explain how the world works. And so things like, don't put your names in more time, the the Tesserae, I think that's how it's pronounced. I've only ever read it.
0: It's just, it's for the, uh, to get extra food. If you you put your name in more, you'll get more food. Yes,
1: but they don't explain that, like, at all. No, it's
0: like a line of throwaway line of dialogue.
1: And that's... Kind of a a big part of why Gail's like, yeah, my name's in there forty two times because he's had to get food.
0: How does he not get picked? Both. Yeah, yeah. One other thing I never need to see in a movie: people bathing.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I have this as a, an issue too. We get such extreme close ups, especially here at in the village, and I don't need an extreme close up of dirty feet being scrubbed.
0: I'm not Quentin Tarantino ever don't need it
1: no but i don't need
0: it ever i don't need people showering i don't need people bathing i i don't need to see it i understand hygiene exists i understand like oh it's a big day because it's the reaping great i don't need to see you bath.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: it's like 30 seconds of my life i will never ever ever get back yeah no it's gross uh so this is where effie shows up because it's reaping time mm-hmm. what is reaping
1: it's them getting their names picked
0: but like it's more it's obviously more than that it's not just them getting their names picked it's like a whole event
1: so that it's being televised to every district and in the capital to kind of show who's getting picked from each district it is a a big event and everyone is mandatory to be there
0: but it's really i actually really think the reaping is kind of cool though because if you're of the certain ages which i think the ages are like 12 to 18 yeah right so if you're between that age, when you go to the reaping, you have to sign in. And by signing in, they prick your finger and they take your blood. And then they scan your blood to know who you are. Like, that's a really cool concept. I think they could have explored a little more.
1: Some I of that technology. I really enjoy the technology in this movie because it's futuristic but not unobtainable. So a lot of it is stuff that I could see us having in the next however many years.
0: So we go to the reaping. They pick out the chick first. For some reason, Effie, who we we love. I don't know why we love Effie. She's literally the harbinger of death. Mm -hmm. When she shows up, somebody's going to die. Yeah. But we love her because it's Elizabeth Banks. Mm -hmm. Sidetrack here for a second. The costuming, hairstyles, makeup, the visuals of people from the Capitol. Yes or no? Yes. You like it.
1: They are so ridiculous, but that is the point. The point hate is that they, their lives are so easy that they've decided to distract themselves with such weird costumes and fashion.
0: I would, I would rather they be all like draped in gold and stuff like that than this dumbass makeup. It's actually
1: more tame than it is in the book.
0: Oh, that sounds terrible.
1: So this adaptation of it, I actually really appreciate.
0: All right. Well, in that case, I appreciate that they didn't go further with it. Yeah. But I don't like it. Yeah. At all. And they never really explain why they look like that in the movie. They do not. They just exist, and you're just supposed to accept it, and I I can't wrap my head around it. Mm -hmm. All right, so we're going to pick names, and she's like, we're going to do the female first.
1: As usual, ladies first. Ladies first, first. yes.
0: So they pick a name, and who is it?
1: Prim. Prim Everdeen. Primrose Everdeen. The one slip in the entire big fishbowl of names.
0: Yep. Okay, this part, explain to me why this part of the movie feels like it takes 12 hours. Because it does. She picks her name, we go to Prim, she starts walking through everybody to go to the front because she's been chosen, and eventually Katniss volunteers as tribute. Mm -hmm. It takes forever.
1: Yeah. This is, once again, where uh, an inner monologue would help this movie because it explains why she takes so long, but it drags on way too long it's like you know what's gonna happen you know she's the main character she's not gonna stay here in the district just get it over with
0: yeah we already know what's coming move on
1: and this part is the worst edited that i see in this entire movie because there is one jump cut that is absolutely terrible with jennifer lawrence pushing pushing the guards over saying like i volunteer there's just one where she just completely jumps and it's like B- what <sighs> all you need to do is you know go to a reaction shot of primrose yeah and then cut back to it because
0: no, 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 they didn't have coverage they had <laughs> nothing to
1: cut to dumb
0: yeah very i hate this part and then they pick Peta, and we get like a weird push in on him and nobody reacts to his name being chosen mm-hmm. at all dude he's the baker in the town baker. he's like part of the bakery yeah why does nobody care
1: because half the people there can't afford the bakery goods.
0: Oh, well, all right. That's fair then. Which That would have been nice to know.
1: Which is kind of explained re- right at the beginning where Gail brings out the piece of bread and she reacts to it like she's looking at gold being like, oh, my God, is that real? Gail? Yeah. Katniss, re- Katniss reacts to Gail uh, bringing it out uh, saying, oh, my God, is that real?
0: Pretty sure he brings out a Twinkie. No. It's, it's not just bread. It's it, a Twinkie.
1: It's a roll. It's a roll of bread.
0: Are you sure? Yeah. Because it's definitely a Twinkie. It's, it's a roll of bread. Damn, I, I thought it was a Twinkie. I was like, damn, they get really excited for Twinkies. Crossover with Zombieland confirmed. I was going to
1: say, <laughs> spe- special with Hamish. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> this is what happened after Zombieland.
1: <laughs> His quest has never ended. Yeah.
0: Still trying to find that Twinkie. Damn it. <laughs> All right. So then she gets to say goodbye to everybody. And my question for this is, it's just conversations between people. Why is it handheld camera?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's two people just talking and it's so damn shaky that it's like, I don't even care what everybody's saying. I just want to close my eyes.
1: I'm getting motion sick from this movie. Ugh! It is probably the worst shot movie I've seen in a, quite a long time that I actually enjoy the movie, but I can't stand watching the movie because of that. It's too, too many extreme close-ups. Too shaky. It's not a good idea stylistically. It makes it really hard to understand anything. I despise it.
0: Let me get this question out early. Okay. PETA or Gale? So it doesn't happen in this movie where she's like torn between the two. Mm-hmm. But it does come in the future movies. And it's kind of the whole Edward or Jacob thing from Twilight yeah. where you got to pick a side. So you're PETA or I am, Gale?
1: I am team PETA. I think he's a more round, well-rounded person. And Gail has just too much anger in him.
0: Gail seems like a little bitch.
1: He is. He is.
0: Like, it's cool that your name's in there 42 times, but like, you never got chosen.
1: Understand that it's a television show and she might not actually like this dude and that she's doing it just to survive.
0: Yeah. Keep your harumps to yourself, you jerk.
1: Exactly.
0: All right. So now they're off. They're going to the Capitol. And I got to ask again, This is a, this is a camera thing and an editing thing when they meet Hamish on the train Mm -hmm. and he's introducing himself and he's drunk off his ass and goddamn Woody Harrelson is freaking amazing in this moment. Oh yeah. It cuts like it's a damn action scene. (laughs) Yeah. It is again, it's just three people talking but every two seconds the camera cuts to another freaking view and I don't know why.
1: Now that I'm thinking about it, I wonder if it's because of the young demographic that this movie and books are for. If they're like, their attention span is 0.2 seconds. So you got to make sure there's a cut every it's 0.2 seconds. No,
0: no, no. It's 2012. It's before TikTok took over and Instagram and Snapchat and all that good stuff. It's before mm. all that. People's 2012 people's attention spans are down from like five minutes to like 30 seconds. hmm But this cuts like it is trying to tell you an entire movie in 30 seconds. Cut, 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 cut. I hate it. Mm-hmm. God, I was getting a headache watching this movie. And we're only 20 minutes in.
1: But dang the acting in this scene. Like you said, Woody Harrelson.
0: And Josh Hutcherson. Yeah. He matches Woody in this moment. Those two together, bam, they are button heads and it's great. And Jennifer Lawrence is over there just being an idiot.
1: She's off in her own little world, like daydreaming about lunch.
0: She's being a little diva bitch, doing her own thing. She does not fit this scene. Yeah. When these two actors are just crushing it.
1: Yeah. Like, this is the only time using your foot is acceptable, as Hamish kind of shows how good he is by just stopping Peta in his tracks, putting his foot there. Right?
0: Peta goes to s- stand up to, like, get in his face. And within the blink of an eye, Hamish's foot is on his chest, shoving him back into his chair, and is like, you stay seated. Hmm. The
1: refreshments.
0: Okay, I think that's <laughs> enough of that. <laughs> Maybe spill my drink. Brand new pants.
1: And it's like, okay, I can understand how you won a Hunger Games, okay?
0: Tell us who Hamich is.
1: Hamich is a previous victor of a Hunger Games, but he is their mentor. He's supposed to... He's their
0: coach. He's supposed to guide them through it all, right?
1: Exactly, and okay. help with all of their sponsors and stuff like that. Trying to keep them alive, basically. But he's a drunk because, you know, no one ever wins from District 12, and it's hard watching kids go to their death.
0: PTSD, man. He's got it. Yeah. It's portrayed pretty well, too. Oh, yeah. It's it's hard to watch. All right, now she needs to be uh, dialed up.
1: Beautified. Gussied
0: up, right? Beautified. So she's getting uh, bathed again. Mm-hmm. Didn't need to see it the first time. Damn sure don't need to see it twice. Yeah. She's getting her hair cut. She's getting all this stuff. And then she's going to go meet Cinna, who's a costume designer. Mm-hmm. Please explain to me, what the hell is their relationship? And don't tell me the book. I don't care about the <laughs> book. I don't care about the book at all. In this movie, she goes and meets Sinna. He's like, I'm going to give you this dress because I like that you stood up for your sister or whatever. Gives her this cool dress. And then all of a sudden, they're just off and running where it's like, are they having an affair? They are too close, <laughs> too fast. None of it makes sense. It never plays out in the actual movie. It goes from zero to 100 within meeting each other.
1: Thing is, we don't get to see Senna really react acting with uh, too many other people. Because that could just be how that character is. They just become very close because Katniss actually likes him. She doesn't like most people.
0: When she's going to the Hunger Games, I'm going to jump ahead here a little bit, just for a second. When she's going to the Hunger Games and he kisses her on the cheek Mm -hmm. beforehand, it is the most awkward moment in this entire freaking movie.
1: It's a pretty awkward moment. Because it
0: is not a, a little sister peck on the cheek or anything like that. It is a very sensual kiss on the cheek. And it is weird as hell.
1: I never viewed it like that, but... Go watch it again. I could see what you're saying. The way he's
0: holding her and the way he moves in slowly, it's freaking weird. Their relationship makes no sense, and it all starts right here. Mm -hmm. But he does give her a badass outfit. But I do not understand the chariots. Again, half this movie is just because the movie doesn't explain things to me, and so I'm kind of lost. I'm piecing it together, Mm -hmm. but it's like I don't understand why things are happening or what the significance of these things are. So they have to get in chariots.
1: Yeah, this part is just... A throwaway line from Hamish to explain it of they're gonna parade you off to the to the masses, basically. Who
0: cares? But why? Reasons. Sure, reasons. I the book? The book. The the answer to all of my questions to be honest, is the
1: book. The book doesn't even really explain this part. They the, the writer probably just thought it seemed cool.
0: Yeah. Then we get some get some President Snow moment here. Mm-hmm. And Donald Sutherland just such a presence. Mm-hmm. I mean, we already talked about him. But he shows up on screen and you're drawn in. Mm-hmm. You have to pay attention in this moment. Um, I love Peta as a character too. Not just the actor behind it who's really good and brings the character to life. The character is really interesting. He is such a freaking showman. He understands. He's terrified to be here because he knows he's going to die. Yeah. Or at least he thinks he's going to die. He knows his place. But he knows if he can make everybody like him. He'll stand a better chance of surviving. God damn, he plays it up.
1: He is a very smart character and very charismatic. And everything that he does is highly calculated. And I love it.
0: He grabs her hand when they're on the chariot and raises it because he's like, people are going to love it. And what do they do? Love it. Come on, I love it. When you're doing the interviews later, the way he mirrors Stanley Tucci's host character, so good. The way he controls that interview, he dictates the pace. Dude knows what he's doing. But the best part about this character, from this moment of, like, raising her hand on the chariot all the way through, there's always the underlying fear of death in him. Mm -hmm. He's doing it because he has to to survive And he doesn't know if it's actually working. And that's what makes this character so layered and have so much depth compared to, like, Katniss, who is one note the whole time. And I don't even know what note that is because I've never heard this instrument played before.
1: Even in the books, she's the worst part of the story. She's a terrible protagonist. And I really wish we would have followed, like, PETA.
0: Yeah, somebody else. Yeah. I like their relationship building throughout the whole movie. Mm Mm-hmm. Them getting closer. I love the, I guess you can call it a half truth during the interview when he's like, Oh, it wouldn't help me going home. Cause the girl I have a crush on is here. And he never says her name. He lets everybody else fill in the blank. And again, that's that showmanship. Yeah. Make them involved in your story rather than just giving them the info. But then like, you don't know if it's true or not. Mm-hmm. It's only like half true. But then like he re- admits later that it's, more half-true, more than half-true. And, like, just the way they come together and the way she starts seeing him differently, I actually think that might be one of the best things about this movie, is their build.
1: Yeah, they do it very well, where you can see Katniss softening up, but you can also be like, I don't know if he's doing this just as a ploy, or if he actually likes her. And that was massive.
0: And I think as an audience member, it's cool to not know. Yeah. For us to question it as well. Now, obviously, if you've read the books, you'll know, but I never read the books. Mm -hmm. So, like, I was even questioning it, and I was like, that's cool. Yeah. Then we go to training. Tell me about the training, because (sighs) I don't understand the point of it. If you're supposed to just take these people from their districts and be like, now go kill each other, why give them two weeks to train?
1: Yeah, I feel like this is something that's going to be explained more... In the newer movie coming out, the prequel movie.
0: The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes or whatever.
1: Yeah, because I think they realized that just taking these weak district kids and throwing them in arena was not as entertaining as they wanted. And people died too quickly. So I think they gave them these training and survival skills to be make it last a little so longer. So what's the
0: point of the training?
1: To give them survival and uh, combat skills that they wouldn't necessarily have gotten.
0: What's the end goal of the training? It's the sponsors, right?
1: Oh, yeah, to to
0: like you got to show show
1: yeah, you gotta show what you got and what what's interesting about you to the game makers so that they give you a a score that will give you sponsors. It's so weird. and it's, it's not well detailed. It's not explained well. This movie does not like to explain things it
0: doesn't. But we do see something cool from Peta during all of it. He's a really good painter mm-hmm. but I gotta say, cake decorating. That's That's how he got got the skill. skill. Yeah. (laughs) I like it. Um, It just makes no sense. Like, I've decorated cakes. I I think I'm a pretty good cake maker. In fact, you and I have made cakes together. Mm -hmm. We've made some really bomb-ass looking things. I can't turn myself into a tree.
1: Yeah, I think especially how they did it in the movie is weird. Because he, like, uses bits of, like, the bark to make it so that he's even raised up like it was bark in the book it just explains like he just uses paints and like like from berries and stuff to make him look like he's shaded into it it would have made more sense because it's like you can have an eye for color and stuff like that but just to be able to turn yourself into a tree that's not a skill you get from making baking
0: none of it even if you have color stuff nothing he has in that bakery back in district 12 poor ass district 12 would prepare him for what he does in the training and then later in the games. Yeah. Sponsors. hmm The dumbest idea ever. You have to get sponsors who can help you survive by sending you care packages while you're in the game. What the... F- what is the point?
1: I mean, you don't actually need them to win. They just help you win. Then,
0: then why do they exist?
1: To help you win. But so that's... That a,
0: what's the point of it?
1: To make money. So that the the... Who makes that money? I don't know. The capital.
0: How do they make money?
1: Because they're the ones that the capital people pay to send them stuff. I guess. It is not explained here. It's not explained in the books. What happens with that? It's just that you're being bet on on who gets to win. And that's part of the fun in the capital is to know, like, have your person that you bet on win.
0: I guess. I guess that would be the fun part of like, I hope that person win and you have bragging rights. Mm -hmm. One of my favorite parts of this whole movie is when they're trying to get the sponsors and they're showcasing their skills and Katniss shoots an apple that one of the sponsors is holding.
1: It's in the mouth of a boar.
0: I thought somebody was holding it. No, it was in the mouth of a boar. But it's like between a whole bunch of them that are Mm -hmm. standing there. It's an amazing thing. And I love when she's just like, Thank you for your consideration and just
1: walks off. It's a bomb moment.
0: It is the one moment where I'm like, Jennifer Lawrence, bravo, take a bow, you crush that moment. Yeah. Great freaking job. <laughs> Thank you for
1: your consideration. And I absolutely love Hamish right after it.
0: Okay. This is the moment I got to ask this question because this is the moment I was like, I don't really like Hamish as a character. Does Hamich only work because it's Woody Harrelson? It could. And he's so good as this character that like, he's a sympathetic ass. You don't want to like him, but he's so sympathetic that you like him. Mm -hmm. And I think it only works because it's Woody Harrelson.
1: Yeah. It's a different portrayal than in the book. But yeah, I think- only Woody Harrelson could make this character work as it's written for the movie.
0: So next they go to interviews and I have a question about it here, about these interviews. I know we kind of touched about P- PETA's interview, but Katniss has her interview. She has to go be herself. She's wearing a sparkly red dress or whatever. And then she twirls and the flames from the outfit she had at the chariot, the fake flames come shooting off of her dress. The Capitol acts like this is some freaking magic.
1: In fact, I'm wearing them today. Would you like to see?
0: Wait, wait, wait.
1: Is it safe? <laughs> <Yes. laughs> what do you think, folks? <laughs> I think that's a yes.
0: This feels like it's just regular fashion for them. Why are they all going bonkers for it?
1: Because no one uses fire, apparently.
0: But it exists. Like, it's a thing that they all know exists.
1: It's not a thing that they all know exists. Cinna is the one who invents it, basically. He's
0: parading it around at parties, man. When did he do that? When he shows
1: it to her the first time, there's like a thousand other people in that room. Yeah, but that's just them getting ready to go into the chariots. It just, it feels like this
0: is just something that exists in their world. And then they all go nuts. It'd be like somebody walking onto a, a, carp- a carpet, onto a red carpet or onto a runway somewhere and being like, I have overalls on. And people would be like, oh my God. Ah. They exist. It exists. Why are we going nuts for it?
1: I, I think it's, he invented it and that's why they're all going, going nuts for it.
0: They should have said it. Yeah. Because it makes no sense why they're all going nuts for this. Why it is like making her a hero because she has fake flames. All right, it's time for the games. Yeah. We're an hour plus into this movie. We're just now getting to the Hunger Games. It shouldn't take this long to get to the title of the movie. Mm -hmm. So they go to the games. The opening part of the games is like interesting, but also awful at the same time. So the characters all go up on these pedestals. You're not allowed to get off of them earlier. You're going to blow up. When the horn blows, it's a free-for-all. There's there's weapons everywhere. There's chaos. There's food. You got to get what you can and run and hide. Or you can stay and fight. And or you can just run. Then you're a bloodbath. Mm-hmm. And we watch, we try to watch. <laughs> we, we very much try to watch a massacre happen. The horn blows. Everybody runs in. Things are happening and people are dying.
1: Yeah. I absolutely hate this scene. Because you can't tell what's happening. At all, because of how it's shot.
0: Yeah, you can't tell anything.
1: Not a dang thing. Extreme close-ups and shaky cam beyond belief. Like, I just hate the extreme close-ups and how shaky it is. It makes it so you can't actually tell what's going on. And I kind of get that that's what you were going for, because it's supposed to be such a crazy thing that no one knows, knows what is happening. But as a viewer, it needs to be at least a little bit more legible than that.
0: It's, yeah, it is completely illegible. You can't tell anything that's happening. I don't know who's dying. I don't know if I'm supposed to care who's dying. I'm pretty sure at one point I was like, damn, PETA died. Wait, wait, <laughs> that wasn't PETA, my bad. I don't know where the hell PETA went. He ran off. I don't know where any of these people went. I was
1: going to say, you you can't see him run off into the Can you? Side. Yeah. Can you? You can.
0: Mm-hmm. Sure. They, they Ross, actually
1: hold on it pretty quick.
0: Get, <laughs> pretty quick. Yeah. 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 You can't see shit. The chaos of it is a great idea. This was terrible execution of yeah. that idea. During all the bloodbath, Katniss makes a run for a bag. She grabs a bag. She runs away. She almost gets killed by throwing by a guy who's going to hit her with an axe or something, who gets a throwing knife in the back and he dies. And then she blocks a throwing knife with a bag. Mm-hmm. That's impressive. We didn't learn that skill. Gets away. And then... Within 20 seconds of movie time, it's been like three and a half hours of games time. It goes from bloodbath to where they show the uh, control room and there's a countdown clock at the bottom Mm -hmm. and it says three and a half hours. We literally just watched her run away from the bloodbath. We cut to the control room. It's been three and a half hours. That bloodbath took three and a half hours.
1: I guess it It shouldn't have. No, it's most, the weirdest thing. Because most of the people that you... Because you can see it on the background when we see uh, the announcers talking about it. You can see how long each of them lasted. Mm-hmm. And none of them is more than like 10 minutes. Oh, I know.
0: It's a, it's a huge error. It's a huge weird moment for me. Where I just noticed the clock and it's at three and a half hours. And I was like, she literally just left the cornucopia. Mm-hmm. Five seconds ago. Weird. Yeah. So now she just has to survive. And I got to say up front, the Hunger Games really cool concept. I've seen it done in cool movies like Battle Royale. I am bored out of my mind during most of these Hunger Games. Mm-hmm. Because their whole thing is, I don't want to fight. I'm just going to survive. You're going to die if you don't do something. Yeah. So we see her climb a tree.
1: Uh, we get to see basically that she can survive in this world.
0: Until the game makers realize that she's getting really far away from where all the other people are and she's getting to the edge of the dome. No idea what she's doing over there. This is, again, where great inner monologue probably would have helped. What the hell is she doing?
1: Yeah, just continuing to move.
0: Because she's getting too far away, they got to lead her back, so they'd start a fire. And now a bunch of the career gamers who are people who have trained their entire life to be in these games, basically. Mm -hmm. Have formed a little group.
1: They're looking for the woman who got the highest score in training, Katniss Everdeen.
0: And who's helping them?
1: Pita Velark.
0: Did we ever think PETA was actually a traitor? No. Did the did the writer of the book and the filmmakers think anybody would actually believe PETA was a traitor?
1: Uh maybe.
0: He's not gonna be a traitor. He's doing I, it because it will help him survive.
1: I really want the PETA version of this story to find out how he convinced the careers. That he could help them find Katniss.
0: Right, so... And how
1: he thought he was going to get through, even if they found Katniss and and for some reason killed her.
0: So, Stephanie Myers went back and retold Twilight from Edward's perspective. Mm -hmm. Do we want Suzanne Collins to go back and tell The Hunger Games from PETA's perspective? Yes. I I would I think his
1: is the more interesting story. I
0: would 100% read that. I have no interest in reading these books, but I would 100% read that based on these movies. Yeah. So they find her because the fire pushes her back to the playing field. She falls into a river. They see her. Somehow she gets away, climbs a tree. There's like five of them chasing her. Somehow she gets away.
1: They give up so easy.
0: The dude tries to climb the tree. One branch breaks and he's like, I give up.
1: And And he's the the heaviest dude.
0: And then the one chick is like, well, shoot her with an arrow. She shoots one arrow, misses and is like, well, I give up.
1: I mean, Kato tries the arrow too and it doesn't work. It it it's like you guys just give up. What?
0: So Peter steps up and he's like, "Hey, we don't have to get her while she's in this tree. She'll have to come down eventually." It. Go for it! Get come come her! Come on! Come
1: on! Maybe you should throw the sword. Let's just wait her out. She's gotta come down at some point. That or started
0: again. Let's kill her then. Let's all go to sleep.
1: Yeah. Shouldn't someone be a lookout?
0: Nobody's a lookout. They all just go to bed. If I was PETA, I would have just stab, 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 stab. Done.
1: Yeah. Move on. Like, you have the in here.
0: Yep. Stupid. So dumb.
1: Slice their throat, you know, kill them. Ugh.
0: All right. So she's up in the tree. Who else is up there? This girl, Rue. Who we haven't really met yet, but she's been shadowing Katniss since training.
1: For reasons.
0: Yeah. Do we know these reasons? No. Do we find out these reasons? No. What the f- is the point then? Yeah. Why do we- okay, I remember when this movie came out. So, in about 15 minutes of movie time, Rue dies. They're trying to set up a plan where they can distract all of these people and they can get the drop on them and they can survive. And Rue gets caught in a net. When Katniss goes to save her, Jack Quaid's character shows up, throws a spear, Katniss dodges, kills Rue. Yeah. And I remember everybody being super upset that Rue was dead.
1: You know, want to know why they were super upset? The book. Because she's 12.
0: Who cares? Who cares?
1: Because she's a little kid and she shouldn't have been there.
0: The games specify 12 to 18. Mm-hmm. She was of age. There's been other 12 year olds that have died. Yeah. Now I do like her and Katniss's relationship, the bare minimum we get of it. I needed so much more for it to be impactful.
1: I really do wish they gave us more time with Katniss and Rue together, because that relationship is basically what sparks the entire rebellion.
0: Oh yeah, because when Rue dies, and Katniss then kills Jack Wade's character—I don't know his name. That's why Marvel. I keep calling Marvel. Mm-hmm. I'm going to call him Jack Wade. <laughs> <laughs> Son of Dennis Quaid. Um, When she kills him, she turns around and it's like an emotional moment for them. Mm -hmm. Not for me. I know nothing about their relationship or care. Yeah. But then we cut to District 11, where Rue is from, and we watch them all put up three fingers.
1: Which we have kind of learned through context that that's a sign of respect in District 12.
0: When did we learn this?
1: When Katniss volunteers, the entire district does it for her.
0: Weird, yeah. I thought she was always the first one to do it, and then they all copied it. Apparently, I'm wrong.
1: Yeah, no. District does twelve does it for her. So, and the, then she does it as a sign of respect to Rue, and then they do it to the camp, to the screen. the cap, the capital, and all that. Yeah. yeah.
0: So Katniss does nothing for herself in this, right? Mm-hmm. Because the pin that sparks her being the Mockingjay was found. It's not hers.
1: Yeah. It's not hers in the book either.
0: The The three finger salute is not something she c- created to get people behind her. It's something that already existed.
1: Yep. The whistle wasn't hers. The
0: whistle's not hers. It's ruse. In fact, it's not even ruse. It's a Mockingjay's.
1: None of the songs that she sings sh- is hers.
0: Holy shit. This character is nothing. This and character is just literally a conduit for everybody else's
1: stuff. And that's why she is probably the worst protagonist in any YA movie.
0: So when Rue dies, we cut to District 11, and they do do a little uprising. Mm-hmm. They start attacking the soldiers and stuff that are there because they're pissed that Rue's dead. Yeah. Then one of y'all should have volunteered, huh? Yeah. You didn't want a 12-year-old to die? An 18-year-old should have volunteered. You That's pussies. Fair. That's I fair. I would have volunteered. <laughs> <laughs> so Rue dies, and this is when Katniss is like, no more.
1: But we also get the giant thing of her just freaking out. Which well, of course. I kind of an- get annoyed with because we get the emotional moment of the death. We get the emotional moment of the uprising. Then we get a bit in the capital where they're like, hey, don't kill her because, you know. Hey, well,
0: Hamish says it. Yeah. Hamish goes to Seneca Crane and is like, you cannot kill her. If you kill her, you will make her a martyr, And it, it will be bad. Seems we already
1: have
0: one. Yeah. Don't kill her. You just create a martyr, And that's when the game master decides to change all of the rules. Mm-hmm. So originally, only one person can make it out of the Hunger Games alive. Doesn't matter what district you're from, only one person, man or woman, one. Rules have changed. A man and a woman can both survive Hunger Games now if they both come from the same district.
1: Which only helps two districts right now.
0: One in 12.
1: Two in 12. Oh, they're two? Yeah.
0: I thought Kato was one.
1: Marvel and Glimmer are from one. Oh,
0: well, whatever. So it helps just those two. Everybody else can still win as a single person. Yeah. But now, but I love the fact that he's like, "This will be your only announcement." So if like you didn't hear that, you have no idea because Peta doesn't hear. It. He has Ooh. no idea that he can win. He's so out of it. Yeah. Katniss can win. So Katniss is like, "I gotta go find Peta. We're gonna win this together." She finds him being a rock.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: We're going to come back to that later. I don't want to get into (laughs) it right now. We're going to come back to it. So she finds him and she's like, we can win this together. Let's go do this. So they go kill everybody else. I don't really care how or why everybody else dies. They do. Mm -hmm. And then the game master comes on again and is like, oh, by the way, just kidding. Only one of you can win.
1: I mean, way to set up the biggest climax of any Hunger Games that there has ever been. Because everyone's behind this love story now. Because they've built it up. They've been playing up the whole love story to get sponsors and all that. What? If I was watching this as a reality TV show, my mind would have been blown. This would have been fantastic.
0: But you know what would have happened? Hmm. This is this is the Capitol begging for a second uprising. You gave the people what they wanted. The lovely couple gets to survive together. Yeah. And then you revoked that. Yeah. Ten seconds after we all cheer for it. That is a way to get every one of those districts to give you the middle finger and come looking for your head. Mm-hmm. It's a dumb decision.
1: Oh, it's, it's dumb all around, but...
0: But Katniss and Peeta make a smart decision. Yeah. It's a very smart decision here. They find poisonous berries and they're like, on the count of three, we're going to eat them. Mm-hmm. Because Katniss has never wanted to be the winner. She's like, I'll survive for my family and all that, but like, this isn't important to her. And Peeta said earlier, he wants a way to prove that they don't own him. So they're going to eat these berries at the same exact time.
1: So that no one wins.
0: Correct. That'd be so cool. God, that would have been cool.
1: Basically, they took it out of the game maker's hands. They were like, you know what? Either we both win or you have no winner.
0: And then what do you do? So then the game master comes back on. He's like, just kidding. Just kidding. You both win. Yay.
1: And then we get like a montage of everything that happens after of being like, Hey, they're not happy with you. Um, yeah so she gets her little crown
0: and president snow's like shame shame
1: i'll be watching you eat the scene man (laughs) donald sutherland
0: just cook eat do whatever you gotta do chew that scenery my man i love you yeah and that's it that's the end of the movie yeah so one note about the end of this movie she goes on to like spark a rebellion yeah you're the capital you are all-powerful do you know how many times, quote-unquote, accidents happen? Just kill her.
1: I think at that point, they were trying to no, help. No, I don't
0: think. Just kill her. It makes no sense they leave her alive.
1: Yeah, because you still have your other winner. Pita. You have yeah. PETA.
0: They don't need her.
1: Although, they... PETA could definitely start a rebellion on its own. His words are, Mwah.
0: Hashtag release the PETA cut. <laughs> All right, so here's my nits. I have one, two. The first one, Peta's painting skills are way too good, and it ruins everything about that character being able to hide in the forest, because I don't know where he gets the paint from to become a rock.
1: Yeah, to match that shade, exactly.
0: He makes literally no becomes sense. the rock. It makes no sense whatsoever. I was like,
1: how did you get a professional makeup artist into the Hunger Games to put you inside a rock?
0: Yeah, it's, it's weird. It takes me out of the movie in that moment. It's a great concept, they but could it doesn't have, make sense. They
1: could have shown that in a different way to make it seem more believable.
0: Correct. Correct. My other big nit is the volunteering. Everybody acts like her volunteering is this huge, significant thing. Like it's never happened in the history of history, but it had to have happened before because that's how they know it's a thing that can happen.
1: They say that it's the first one in that district. I don't district care. District 12's very first volunteer. I don't
0: care what, what district it comes Dude, from.
1: Anytime you have a first, no matter what, it's gonna be talked about.
0: But it's not a first.
1: It's a first for that district.
0: But it's not but it's not a first. She's not the first person to ever volunteer. I don't give a shit what district she's from. District eleven and twelve are no different. Now, I don't I maybe twelve, maybe district twelve caring makes sense because like she's part of that. But everybody bit the capital being like, I can't believe you did that. Shut the f- Oh, not that big of a deal. What are your nits?
1: My nits, uh, Hamish sobers up way too easily. He is a severe drunk at the beginning. Yeah. And then he's denying drinks and he's a sober person basically by the end of the movie.
0: He's got something to live for now.
1: But then he's drunk in the next movie.
0: He's not a very good recovering alcoholic. <laughs>
1: Uh, preparing a cannon before a tribute's dead is just going going uh being a little too prepared there because they put cannons in the dead pile before she's even dead.
0: Yeah. So I asked most of my questions throughout the whole pod, mm-hmm. so I'm gonna hand this off to you.
1: Does Prim have premonitions?
0: What do you mean?
1: Because the very first thing we get is her screaming and her being like it was me being picked, and then she's picked this year.
0: Nah, I think it was just a nightmare just everybody has that nightmare that they're going to get picked Hers just happen to be true
1: that's fair why choose kids kids for the hunger games
0: right wouldn't it be more exciting to watch adults but i guess it's because kids are more vulnerable we think kids are more innocent so it's more control over the people
1: and yet it's also what would cause a spark like watching adults die whatever watching kids die that's that's the problem the yeah. whole Capital falls apart because a 12 year old was killed. Correct. Do you think this movie would have done better if we had inner monologue, like the monologue from Katniss's point of view?
0: So I know this is a big thing with these YA novels is we always get whoever our protagonist is. We get their inner monologue in the books Mm -hmm. because that's our eyes and ears into this world. We can't get that in a movie. Um, The movie would have sucked even more if we would have had that. Okay. I don't need to hear Jennifer Lawrence narration. I already hate narration. <laughs> I don't like Jennifer Lawrence. Put those things two, those two things together and it's the worst thing I can think of mm. that I would ever want in a movie. So do I think the movie would have been better with it? No. Do I think we needed some version of it? Yes. Okay. Uh, what piece of memorabilia do you want from this? I think her pen. Easy answer. That's, that's the easy answer. It is the easy answer. You don't answer. want a fake flame Ooh. dress?
1: You know what? Maybe her crown? Her the Victor one crown? End? Yeah. Okay. Maybe. What about you?
0: Um, it's a good question. Nothing really stood out to me in this. Um, If I had to pick anything, probably her bow.
1: Okay. I thought about that. It's cool looking like, bow. I like her bow that she gets later in the series.
0: I can't pick that one. That's fair i going to only pick from this movie. Uh, I, I think I like the bow. If not, I want a tracker jacker.
1: Ooh, okay. But just one. I don't need to hallucinate <laughs> that badly.
0: Should they remake this into a miniseries?
1: I could see it doing well as a miniseries.
0: No. <laughs> I already had to watch it once. I don't want to watch it again.
1: It's Different to- actors. Different actors.
0: Doesn't matter. Unless it's PETA's story. Mm. Peter Stories in the series, I'm all in. Yep. All right, awards time. First up is the Jimmy Dugan Award. Boy, that was some good opinion. For the moment in the movie, you can go take a piss break. Mine, it's a goodbye scene. It's an early piss break. It's like 20 minutes in only. But after she volunteers her tribute and she's saying bye to her mom, her sister, and Gail, get up and leave. I don't need it.
1: Yeah, I could see it. Mine is the lovey bits in the cave. They're just awkward and they they slow down the pace of the movie to like a dead stop.
0: Do your scenes involve PETA?
1: I mean, they do, but PETA is also hallucinating for half of them, so.
0: PETA's on my screen. I'm not leaving. <laughs> Next up is the Prestige Award.
1: Every magic trick has a third act. The part we call the Prestige.
0: And this is for the biggest WTF moment in the movie.
1: The hallucination scene, it it's so weird and so unnecessary to get her father in that moment.
0: Although it's really interesting when she hallucinates in that moment, she sees all of the minors have her dad's face.
1: Really? Mm-hmm. I never noticed Go that. Go
0: watch the scene again. Every minor in that scene has her dad's face. Oh. My prestige award goes to PETA as a rock. <laughs> it makes no sense whatsoever. And every time it happens, I just wonder... What the f- is happening? (laughs) Next is the psycho shower scene for your favorite scene in the movie. Mine is when she is demonstrating her accuracy with a bow for all the sponsors and she misses the first time so they all laugh at her. She doesn't take it kindly. She nails bullseye on the next time. None of them are paying attention. She turns around and puts an arrow through the apple and then her just line of Thank you for your consideration. Bows and Fs off. And it's brilliant.
1: I'm going to actually add on to that because that's the end of mine. But I actually really like the entire training montage before that. That's not
0: a scene. That's a montage. You get a scene.
1: Then I will take your scene as well because that is the ultimate part of that.
0: Yeah. Agreed. It is just so good. Next is the I'll be right back. I'll be right
1: back. Oh!
0: And this is the award for your favorite
1: line in the movie. Mine is an Effie quote. Just the, Happy Hunger Games! And may the odds be ever in your favor. I absolutely love how she says this line. And it is the motto of the books and of the movies. It just fits so well when she says it.
0: Elizabeth Banks is always a win. Yeah. Always a win. My award goes to the one and only Donald Sutherland President Snow and it's when he's talking to Seneca Crane
1: why do we have a winner? I mean if we just wanted to intimidate the districts why not round up 24 of them at random and execute them all at once? It'd be a lot faster.
0: Sums up everything about who the capital is and who Snow is as a person. He knows exactly what the games are what they're meant to stand for. It's an execution. Could they do it in a lot easier way without all the showmanship and stuff? Sure. But how do you keep people in line? Entertainment. The Hanshot First Award. Yeah, Oscar. Yes, I bet you have. And this is for what held up the worst since this movie came out. It's Jennifer Lawrence.
1: Oh, okay. She's a
0: terrible actress. She's a terrible Katniss. I'd rather have Alicia Vikander. Or pretty much... Almost any single other person that I mentioned earlier in this, I think probably could have been better in this role. I don't like her. I don't think she's a great actress.
1: Mine goes to the shaky cam. The camera work in general in this movie is just atrocious.
0: Yeah, I second. That's my runner up. (laughs) But nothing will be Jennifer Lawrence. Just because you had one good moment does not make an entire character. The Paul Rudd Award. I'm Paul Rudd and I adapt for what held up the best since this movie came out.
1: I was kind of torn because I want to say the concept of this movie, but I also really liked the practical stunts that they did for this movie. So a lot of it they did in the woods, basically, and it made it look good. Okay. But I also really like the concept of this movie. I have a split.
0: It's a tie between Effie and Hamich. <laughs> Decisions, final thoughts.
1: I'm surprising myself with this, but I'm going to say it does not hold up. I think the filmmaking of this movie is not great. The acting, most of it is wonderful, Sands, the main character who we're supposed to be following, and it's just not as good as it should have been.
0: I agree with you. I think this movie had a lot of my least favorite word in the world, potential. I think the story is very interesting. I think you have a lot of good actors. San's the main actor in the movie. All of the things were there for this to be an instant classic. And for some reason, it just didn't all come together. And I also have to say, it does not hold up. Which should not be surprising after hearing me talk about it for the last hour. (laughs) All right, that's it for us this week. Thank you for joining us to talk about 2012's The Hunger Games. We'll be back next week with one of your favorite movies of all time. Hopefully. So come join us then. And until then, remember to be good to yourself, be kind to others, and keep watching movies.
1: Bye.